is the Healthy Families Podcast, and I am your host, Jenny Hatch. There is breaking news, and this is a report coming three hours ago from the clandestine newsletter on Substack. The EU calling for international tribunals in Ukraine for alleged Russian war crimes. Huge developments on the world stage as the member nations of the EU are pushing to create a specialized court for international tribunals backed by the United Nations to be held in Ukraine to prosecute Russian military and political leaders for starting the war in Ukraine. This comes in response to Russia's push at the ninth review conference of the BWC to make changes to the UN Security Council to address the US-NATO biological military research being conducted in Ukraine. Russia have no way to hold the US accountable via BWC investigation due to diplomatic immunity held by the United States as one of the five permanent seats on the UN Security Council. Now, the irony is the West are trying to use the UN to investigate Russia but the West are unable to do so because Russia is also one of the five permanent seats on the UN Security Council. The actions today by the EU show that the West are looking to circumvent the rules of the UN so that Russia cannot veto an investigation. The same rules of international law that Russia have been following, the West don't want to follow them in return. Russia responded today with a statement from Ambassador Gatilov from the Ninth Review Conference of the BWC in Geneva. He said, establishment of any mechanism, let alone an international tribunal under the UN, requires an approval of the UN Security Council. Safe to say that the Council is unlikely to make a decision on this matter. Otherwise, such initiative will have the same legitimacy as a circus show, which in fact is what the head of the European Commission is trying to organize. Essentially, the West are looking for cheap and frankly, non-legal ways to prosecute Russia with no standing in international law. The West are trying to hold show trials as a means of propaganda slash theater against Russia and more importantly, as means of deflection from their legitimate crimes against humanity committed in Ukraine because they have lost their control on the narrative. While Russia have been operating through the proper diplomatic channels to sound the alarm on US slash NATO war crimes in Ukraine via biological production and usage, the West have been dismissing these allegations as quote, Russian disinformation, quote, unquote, for months, despite the large body of incontrovertible evidence. What we are witnessing is that the mechanics of the United Nations are heavily flawed. Any of the permanent members of the Security Council have immunity to commit crimes against humanity as much as they like, because they can veto any UN action or in investigations into themselves. Objectively speaking, Russia are 100% in the right 
and the West are simply acting like Democrats, using projection, deflection, deceit, lies, and propaganda to keep the public unaware of the growing allegations of U.S. biological malfeasance in Ukraine. Imagine if the opposite were true. Imagine if Russia used espionage to start a violent civil war to overthrow a nation on our border, let's call it Canada, then established a puppet government and used Canada as a proxy for all their biological research, money laundering, I'm going to say that again, money laundering, child trafficking, drug trafficking, human experimentation, etc. And then we find out they are making biological weapons on our border and are trying to put nukes there as well. And then a global shutdown is justified via a genetically enhanced pathogen, a bioweapon, that escaped as a result of this biological malfeasance going on on our border. That's exactly what the U.S. have done to Russia. And yet the West say that it was Russia who started the war. Wrong. This war started in 2005 when the deep state via then-Senator Barack Obama set up their foothold in Ukraine and began their plan to turn Ukraine into a bioweapons production zone. The U.S. claim it was to destroy the former Soviet Union's chemical, biological, and physical weaponry left in Ukraine. 17 years later, we can see that the deep state had much more in mind than just weapons disposal. Now it's widely accepted that Ukraine is a U.S. proxy spearheaded by the ruling families of the DNC and the biological activity there is no longer a conspiracy theory. In conclusion, the West are trying to divert attention away from the exposure of their biological network in Ukraine. They are deploying the old Nazi DNC go-to play of accuse the other side of that which you are guilty. Just like the deep state launching another propaganda probe into Trump as a response to the Hunter Biden investigation launched by Congress. They rely on a counter narrative to prevent the sheep from waking up to their crimes. The EU and US Democrats use the same playbook because they belong to the same entity, the deep state. However, their level of panic suggests we are winning. The deep state can't keep the lid on the biolabs in Ukraine. Even the mainstream media admit that the public are widely aware of the nefarious biological activity in Ukraine. 26% of Americans are now aware of U.S. bioweapon manufacturing in Ukraine, and the rest of them are in denial, as per CBS via The Economist. So he shared a graph of the U.S. has been developing bioweapons and biolabs throughout Ukraine. 8% say definitely true. 18% say probably true. That's where they get their 26%. 29% not sure. 19% probably false. And 26% definitely false.
Do not relent. We are winning the information war. We must continue to drown out the West's propaganda. And this is signed from Clandestine, whose substack is bioclandestine.substack.com. In the footnotes, he put the link to two articles, one from Reuters and one from the Daily Mail. I've shared the links to both of those articles in the header of this show and in the links. The Reuters, the Reuters story was that Europe seeks to set up a Russian war crimes tribunal. That was from November 30th, 2022. And then the other article from the Daily Mail talks about how Senator Barack Obama pushed the destruction of 15,000 tons of ammunition, small arms, and anti-aircraft missiles in Ukraine. And when you think about the type of, quote, support that Barack Obama shared with Ukraine back in the day during the 2014 coup, things appear to get a little bit more cohesive in terms of historically what's been happening. So the Daily Mail article is from March 5th, 2014, and the header is flashback. Senator Obama pushed a bill that helped destroy more than 15,000 tons of ammunition, 400,000 small arms, and 1,000 anti-aircraft missiles in Ukraine. So it's just an article talking about what was going down back in 2014. And I'll just read the first paragraph of this article from the Daily Mail. As U.S. Senator Barack Obama won $48 million in federal funding to help Ukraine destroy thousands of tons of guns and ammunition, weapons which are now unavailable to the Ukrainian army as it faces down Russian President Vladimir Putin during his invasion of Crimea. So I'd encourage you to read both articles from Reuters and from the Daily Mail. Read the comments in the clandestine substack. Broaden your thinking about what's happening regarding the Ukraine war, who's profiting from it, who's losing, and are we really helping the Ukrainians by allowing the Biden family and the Biden administration to be running this proxy war between them, between us and Russia, with the Ukrainians caught in the middle? Just ask yourself that. So I don't really have anything else to share. This is just breaking news. I hope that you will spend some time doing some research. I believe sooner than later we will find that Dr. Fauci was in fact the one funding the bioweapons labs in Ukraine. Victoria Newland has talked openly about the weapons and the biological experimentation that was going on in these labs in Ukraine. Oh, North, you want to participate? Wonderful. Welcome. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. What do you think? Uh, I was just curious, where are the bio labs? Where are the, the bio? They're all over Ukraine. I, I've seen a map that indicates where they are, but I, I didn't share it in this show. Like, do they have any in Kiev? I don't know. Or the Donbass? I don't know. I've just seen the map. You you would think that <clears throat> with all the land that Russia took early on, when they first invaded, um, you know, almost the entire eastern side of, of Ukraine, that they would have, um, you know, come across 
at least one of these uh, weapon-making biolabs and, and exposed it. Yeah, you would hope. You would hope. I mean, it would make perfect sense, right? Because the, the Russians were claiming as well. They're, they were telling everybody that, uh, you know, Ukraine is, is making bioweapons. So you think it would be the first thing on their list to, 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 to prove that when they took over all that land in February, March, and April. You would think that. Agreed. It's, it's kind of weird that, like, you know, with them controlling all that area and that being, like, one of their their major claims, they, they never, you know, then exposed it. Even you think that Russia would, you know, have all the incentive to do that, and yet it never happened. Not yet. Did you read the article? Yeah, I did. I'm actually looking at it right now. What do you think about the EU calling for tribunals? Well, um, I, I think it's fairly logical to at least, you know, look at what potential crimes the Russians have committed. It, it, it would seem um, ad, uh, what's the word, dereliction of duty to see all the bombings that are happening in populated cities and uh, power infrastructure being taken out and civilians that have been killed and not at the very least investigate how much of this was, you know, uh, collateral damage, which in itself I would think is kind of unacceptable even in a war and how much of it was just out and out um, spite and trying to uh, make civilians pay for uh, for the war not going as, as easy as uh, Putin thought it was going to be. And what do you think about the FTX component of the money laundering side of the war? Well, uh, I mean, crypto has always been a huge asset for money laundering for criminal organizations all over the world. Um, that's one of the main reasons why Bitcoin got as big as it was, is that uh, all these drug cartels from Asia to South America realized that it would be easier to both move and hide their money in cryptocurrencies. Um, and that in itself is, is, a, is a large issue. Um, well, I, I'm not privy to the specifics of what FTX have to do with this, this topic. Uh, but, um, yeah, there, I mean, there is some, there is some evidence that when president Biden sent along billions in aid to Zelensky, he invested some of that money in FTX and then FTX donated a lot of that money to the 2022 election, particularly Democrats. There were a few Republicans, but mostly Democrat politicians. So this is the money laundering side that I was referring to. Have, have you not heard that? No, I have not. I think most people haven't heard that. And yet it's been a part of the FTX story almost from the beginning that so much of the money that has been donated by the American taxpayers through Joe Biden uh, went through Ukraine, came right back to America and, and funded many elections tied to 
Democrat campaigns in our most recent election. So that was the side of the money laundering that I was referring to. And um, I think most people of goodwill want to help the Ukrainians, would love to, to donate money to help them. But if it's true that this is how so much of the election was funded, was through do dollars that were intended to help the Ukrainian people, uh, my guess is once that goes mainstream, it's, it's going to be something that, that upsets a lot of people. Uh, I mean, it, it's an interesting idea. Um, I think that with all the people that are looking at the, the giant bomb and catastrophe that was FTX, that if there was a concrete line of, of money being um, laundered in the fashion that you're describing, that, uh, that people, people would uh, be able to expose it. Well, a few Fairly days, a few, a few days after Biden announced his intention to run for president, Sam, Sam's mom started the uh, charity, if you will, or the the. It's a pack. I, I'm not really well versed in how people bundle money for campaigns, but she, a couple of days after Biden announced, she set up the infrastructure, if you will for how to capture this money. So there's an idea that Sam's parents and his girlfriend's parents are involved in this. And when you look at their biographies and their resumes, uh, they've been very involved in funding all kinds of things. And so is it possible that the Ukraine war was largely used to, um, not only shut down any investigation into possible malfeasance around the, the bio labs, but also was used to just launder billions to fund Democrat campaigns. That, that is the larger question for me. And if it's true, I think there should be people who go to prison. You know, top of the list is Sam himself, but perhaps also his parents and others who are involved. Yeah, I would think that if you were trying to keep um, bio labs a secret or bio weapons a secret, the last thing you would want to do is instigate a war that would have a foreign power rolling over the locations of those clandestine, uh, you know, operations, uh, exposing them to to being found out. It, it doesn't sound like a good strategy to me. Have you heard the story of the special prosecutor in Utah? who has deep ties to Ukraine. Nope. So if you'll Google David Levitt, L-E-A-V-I-T-T, -T, he is someone who attorney. And in 2014, he went to Ukraine and became best friends with the new president of Ukraine. Lived in Kiev for a number of years with his wife and his kids. Spent time in the home of the new president. I believe that president was a puppet for NATO and the American deep state, and that he came in after a CIA-led coup in 2014 
and he did the bidding of the international smart set. And this David Levitt, interestingly enough, when the Ukraine war started, booked it over to Ukraine because he said he had to tie up a few loose ends in his office. And ironically, on the way back, traveling home, he caught COVID and got stuck for a couple of weeks until he healed. But he didn't really go into any detail about what he was doing in Ukraine. And the same David Levitt is um, being outed by people who were victims of his as being a pedophile and someone who trafficked children. And so um, that's a story that has gotten just a little bit of national media coverage, most no notoriously from Brandy Zadrozny, who is an NBC reporter who's an expert on disinformation and misinformation. She interviewed him herself, and she claimed that in her article that the uh, the sheriff, Mike Smith, who's been coming after poor David, is a QAnon sheriff, and uh, he's one of those bad Q people, and He's just got an axe to grind against this attorney. And so all I would encourage you to do, and anyone who's listening, is to investigate a little bit about this Utah case. There's been a lot of local coverage from the mainstream media in Utah. Uh, there were two... So wait, what is it this, this guy was supposed to have done? Uh, he's a child trafficker. Oh, and, and how do we know that? The Utah Sheriff, Mike Smith, opened up an investigation, ironically, in 2014 by the judge. When a judge cancels a case without prejudice, what that means is if more evidence comes forward at a future date, it can be opened. And so this Sheriff, Mike Smith, reopened the case last year and said, we have more victims, more witness statements, and more evidence, so we are going to pursue prosecutions in this case. When David Levitt was confronted with one of the victim statements by a reporter named Adam Herbitz, who's a local reporter in Utah, uh, he immediately called a press conference, and you can see it still online, David Levitt press conference. Um, and some of us who watched this press conference uh, believe that he was, um, he, he seemed incredibly guilty in his body language and his words and absolutely denied that there was anything going on. And so to me, this, the interesting part of his story is the Ukraine connection and the long-term claims that there has been a ton of human trafficking because of Ukraine's location and that this David Levitt was involved in some of this human trafficking. And he's been serving as a local elected official in Utah for the last couple of years. He just ran again in the 2022 election and lost his race. And someone who had been a close family friend of his, David Hamblin, was recently arrested around these matters. And Mike Smith, who's the local sheriff, has said that there are more arrests to come. So there are some of us who are wondering if David Levitt and the others 
outlined in the victim statements, are going to be held accountable for their crimes against children. And I'm particularly interested in this case and I've covered it on my Substack and my blog. And so, um, because of my family's ties to Utah and my history as a victim of ritual abuse. So I bring it up just to say that there are things bubbling under the surface around child trafficking, organ harvesting, bioweapons, what's happening in Ukraine right now, COVID. Uh, there's a big picture that's there for people to see if they're willing to suspend disbelief and open up their minds and their hearts. And that's all I'm saying is broaden your thinking, open up your heart to the idea that, that there has been major human trafficking going on on a scale that people can hardly comprehend and that it's systematically being exposed right now. I'm going to shut down the show, North, if you don't have anything else to contribute. I've got some other things to do right now. Do you want to respond? Um, here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> the things that you're talking about exist in general. I'm sure there's tons of uh, trafficking and uh, as there is all over the world. Uh, I think it is what's happening here, and it seems to happen in a lot of cases like this, is um, people are using something that uh, generally does happen, and especially in war zones, starts to happen more, and trying to use it for uh, political means to uh, craft a narrative of specific people doing specific things, and this guy's connected to this thing, and they start getting out the, the red thread and making uh, webs on their wall when um, the the threads don't actually connect. It's just giant question marks all over the place. What about this? What about this? What about this? Uh, with not any actual proof. You know, it, you have this um, the sheriff that's going after Mr. Levitt, who I'm sure is probably a douchebag in his own right. And, you know, I'm not saying that this guy hasn't done anything, but it's weird that they're like trying to connect it to this larger Ukraine war narrative. You know, it doesn't really seem connected. Um, and it seems like they're going out of their way to try and connect it when it doesn't really make sense. Um, so when you say like, open your minds, okay, fine. But also be super skeptical, right? A, a insinuation and a, well, isn't this weird question mark doesn't prove anything. I and, totally agree. And it doesn't really seem like there's anything here. Like similar to the bio labs thing that we were talking about earlier. It's like, you've heard things about bio labs. People are talking about bio labs. Um, there, you had a theory of, did the U.S. instigate a war in order to cover up the violence? But when you actually think about it, none of that makes sense, right? Why would you start a war to cover up biolabs? If anything, they're going to be exposed by a war. Um, why would Russia, who said they were their main reason for invading, was the 
um, proposition of bioweapons being created when they took over all that land, how could they not get all the evidence and expose it to be see, see, we were right. They didn't do that. Well, they have appealed. That's it's part of the article. They have appealed to a European body to say, let's have some tribunals. Perhaps they do have some evidence and they want it to. If be they had evidence, it would be all over the internet. It would be the very, they, they would have it all over Russian TV. They wouldn't have to wait for tribunals. They would just well, be like, look, we were I right. Think, I think they want to do it through a legal process. And that's what the article. Why would they want to do that? Like, why would they, well, they didn't, why, they didn't start a war by a legal process. <laughs> why did we have the Nuremberg trials? Why didn't we just say, Hey, Germany, you're bad and ex execute everybody. Sure, but before There's the purpose. Nuremberg trials, before the Nuremberg trials started, there was pictures of concentration camps all over the news before the trials even started. There's no downside to releasing all the information that you have before the trials start. In fact, it just benefits you. It gets public opinion on your side. Um, it doesn't make sense. Well, let's just say this. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm just delusional and this isn't really going on. That's that's in my heart of hearts. That's what I would prefer, you know, but I have followed the evidence and I have read and I have studied and pondered. And when I saw David Levitt during his presser claim that the victim who had been, you know, her, her testimony had been sent to him, he dismissed her as a woman who was mentally ill. Just mentally ill. That explains everything. This woman is crazy. And it was Mike Smith, the sheriff, who said, how dare you claim that that's all this is? You know, how dare you claim that this person is mentally ill? She is a victim of crime. And we are pursuing those crimes and gathering evidence. And so because I'm someone who has similar claims for various people in my life who have ritually abused me, and have been dismissed as, quote, mentally ill, unstable, crazy, what have you. Uh, it's that side of the story that really fuels my desire to continue on as a citizen journalist. Because it's so easy to just say, oh, these people are just crazy. Provides the perfect cover. And honestly, it has for a long time. And I'm ready for, for the those of us who have real stories, real histories of being abused, having a moment to shine in the sun. You know, that's, that's yeah, where my heart is. That's fine. I mean, whatever this Levitt guy, again, I don't really know anything about him. Uh, I think there possibly could be some weird shit going on with him specifically. I don't... Watch his press conference. It's only 30 minutes. Just watch sure. his press conference. It's fascinating to listen I mean, to the guy. It's, to listen it's to the a guy Utah... Who, it's a Utah guy, so I mean that's probably close to home to you because that's about where you live, right? Well, he, um, he so it affects you. He presents as a faithful Mormon. He presents as I'm just this mm -hmm. upstanding citizen with all these kids, and his tie to this Ukrainian president, you know, my best buddy, to me is the tell. It's so interesting that he he I was mean, right there in the mix. Wouldn't he have closer ties to the Mormon Church? Like, like you're choosing, you're choosing to focus on Ukraine as like 
kind of the source from which this well of evil is coming from because he went and visited Ukraine one time. But this yeah. guy's been he a Mormon there. his entire life, right? He lived, he lived in Ukraine for years with his okay. wife. But he's been, he's, he's been As a Mormon his entire friend. life? As the best friend. The Mormon side of it to me is just that he's using the religion as cover. You know, in his yeah. hearts, he's he's an evil person. So I mean, doesn't that say more about the Mormon religion than it does anything about Ukraine? Like, he's been a Mormon his entire life. He's using the the words and the possibly the community of powerful people in the Mormon church uh, to, you know, keep, keep his potential wrongdoings from coming out uh doesn't that doesn't that seem more likely as a a source of of um corruption to you than him having visited ukraine or being in, like it, I, I one it just seems like this is a much bigger part of his life the mormon side of I it think, than ukraine i think there are definitely people tied to the church who know exactly who he is and what he's done who are providing cover i don't know how how deep that goes and I, I would like to know. I honestly would like to know. Hey, Hakeem, do you want to join in? I'd love to have you on the show if you want to chat. I really don't don't have much time left, but if you want to, I see you there. North, do you have anything else to contribute? I really appreciate your views. Uh, no, I mean, I would just say, you know, like, I'm not going to say that this guy hasn't done anything screwed up in Ukraine, but it doesn't really seem to make sense that it ties together with the greater Ukraine war uh, in what is germane to the issue of the war itself, and especially biolabs, I, I don't know. I just it feels like you're trying to connect two things because it's two things that you don't agree with, and they don't really connect. Well, that's fair, and I can understand your position, and I, you know, I just disagree. I think there is an absolute connection, and we'll we'll see, you know, if he gets arrested or whatever. I would challenge you to go watch that press conference. It's it's. You can find it, Mike Smith versus David Levitt. It's all over the internet. So, Hakeem, right. you want to join in, or should I sign off? Thanks, North. Well, thanks for stopping by. I've, I do have a couple of projects I need to work on this afternoon. So thanks, everybody, for chiming in, especially North, and being a part of the show. I will be back to talk about this subject, I'm sure, many times in the future. It's an important narrative to what's going on in our world. This is Jenny Hatch at the Healthy Families Podcast, signing off for now. <laughs>